Welcome to Be Honest Podcast with Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry, where we hold honest conversations about life, relationships, challenges, and everything in between with unfiltered discussions with real people offering their authentic stories, experiences, and perspectives. No topic is off limits and no story is too small. Join us on United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Be Honest. Thank you for tuning into United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, live from New Orleans, Louisiana. If you are enjoying our content, please remember to hit the like button and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Be Honest Talks, for more updates and exciting stories. Your support means the world to us. We love sharing our thoughts and ideas on the show. To, so keep in mind that uh, our content isn't personalized advice. We are just a couple of enthusiastic voices uh, with strong opinions. Take us with a grain of salt, a dash of humor, and always trust your gut. Now, let's head over to the Breakup Buffet to dine on a bowl of emotional grit with a side of laughter. You are here with Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry on Be Honest. Hello, Dr. Sherry. Good good day. <laughs> How have you been? Full of laughter. Full of laughter. I was full this morning of broken glass right before the show. Oh my God, I was making myself a cup of coffee and so many glasses fell down and broken i was that they were shattered just you know i had a huge breakup before a breakup show <laughs> right yeah. welcome it, to the breakup right welcome to the breakup <clears throat> what song it was uh, that had a breakup walking on broken glass annie lennox nice. turned back time on that one <laughs> more like the sherry you can be a professional singer and your voice is so great <laughs> You Another look like thing the one get on those cards. <laughs> yeah, you look like uh, you would be um, recording now a song or something. You just need this big microphone. Oh, well, you know, maybe <laughs> next time I'll have a little rap for us. Oh, nice. All right. All <laughs> right, Dr. Sherry. So what is a breakup buffet? And have you ever dined at one of these life-changing spaces? the breakup buffet. I think we've all been there. We all feasted in a breakup buffet, as uh, unpleasant as it uh, sounds, that uh, we all have been there, right? Yeah. Some of us may have not even eaten at all. <laughs> you know, it's just like a side effect really? of a breakup. Oh. Yeah, I'm one of those when I go through stress, I, I don't, I'm not hungry. But I know there's other people out there that they just eat to comfort themselves. Yeah, and that feels good. You know, I've noticed that uh, uh, what is called emotional eating is, in fact, uh, of course, it's uh, designed to make us feel better. But what happens is to us physiologically, when we eat something sweet, uh, chocolate, for example, right, or any other carbs for that regard that uh, transform into sugar, uh, physiologically, we start feeling better. 
So the important thing here is moderation and not to not eat yourself with sugars to death <laughs> onto <laughs> enormous sizes as it can happen. Truly, it can happen. Yes, even everything in moderation, I believe, is key. You know, yeah. It's the part of going through the breakup buffet. How do we navigate that? You know, how do we yeah. not put too much on our plate? And how do we not forget to put something on our plate? <laughs> That is important to put something on our plate or not to put it on our plate. That is a question. So let's discuss it today, Dr. Sherry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about oftentimes when a breakup, it's like the anticipation and fear of getting uh, closer to riding a roller coaster, right? At a theme park, you get in place, you strap yourself in, you prepare for an unpredictable ride. And like just as the roller coaster starts to take off, you get the thrilling highs, heart stopping drops. You start experiencing the ups and downs of love and loss. Just like breakups, it's like a range of emotions. Like sometimes you're screaming with laughter. Other times you're like holding on and clinging to life in the depths of heartbreak. But oh with God. each twist and turn, right? It's anticipation. <laughs> That's true. You just I mean, I know. Back. Okay. Oh, no. Hopefully yeah, it's good. Was that a good well, take? It, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. No, no. The roller coaster. Yeah. What, what, where is the laughter for Pete's sake? Did you see all those videos on social media where people are riding roller coaster? <laughs> Some of them are just like so happy and enjoying it, and others just grasping for their dear life. Yes. And that is funny. Uh, and I was there myself, of course, a couple of times before I decided not to ever do that in my life. I remember the first time on that roller coaster, I got the roller coaster took me like to the very top, to the very toppest top of the universe. And my car somehow stopped there right on the very top. I thought that would have a heart attack, literally. And it was not an exaggeration. I, my entire life went in front of me, in front of my eyes. And I felt so <laughs> dumb and so stupid for even doing that, bringing myself to that situation. So I said, never in my life, I'm going to be there. But you never anticipated the roller coaster cart would stop. You know, and that's just how life is. It's very it can be very unpredictable. Yeah, so the same, it's a great allegory for relationships because we do go on roller coasters most of the time, uh, whether that's a small roller coaster like the kitty type, right, or the big and huge one. Uh, I believe in my uh, case uh, with a person and I'm Taurus and I like stability and I like to have my feet on the ground. So who knows what uh, uh, demons took me up in my mind to go on that horrible experience. So to be in the air, of course, but I was I really like it. having my feet stably on the ground. And not to have uh, any roller coaster in my relationships. I prefer stability, predictability, understanding, trust, and stability above everything. Mm -hmm. So, trust is a big part of that. You have to trust the foundation, but it has yeah. to be stable. That's right. You know, I have no earth in my chart. So, I think I seek out earth. So, I love adrenaline. I love heights. I love those things. So, I would like anticipate my cart would stop. <laughs> <laughs> and probably like it. I'm one of the ones that have fun you, it, for the roller coaster. I can only um, imagine you and me on the roller coaster and people taking pictures of us. <laughs> that should be fun. Well, we should try it. <laughs> if you can dare yourself to go again. 
no, uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Neither that I wouldn't relationships. I think I have had uh, a lot of roller coasters. As much as I try to diminish the highs and lows and be on a steady ride, right? But roller coasters are never are, and so is life. That can be so unpredictable. So as much right. as I try to eliminate all of those highs and lows, still, nevertheless, I had it. I think and, it goes, that's why it goes hand in hand with a buffet, because it's like you're saying, there's a range of emotions. The buffet is the same. You have a range of things to choose from, right? It's an array of emotions, experiences, and perspectives that we encounter during our, after our break breakup. That's true. That's exactly is the case. I prefer throughout the age, ages, where am I, like uh, <laughs> a thousand years old or something, uh, throughout the years, I have uh, come to the conclusion <laughs> <laughs> I have come to You're the like <laughs> I look great, right? I look great throughout the ages. <laughs> Millennia. <laughs> what? <laughs> Speaking about reincarnation, you know, just had them on the show. Why not? Through millennia, this has been my observation. Now I forgot what my observation was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't. It's got a time travel. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I have um, came to a very interesting understanding of uh, loving myself, not in the fact of um, uh, adoring myself narcissistically, right? And we're going to speak about it a little later, but uh, to give myself credit and understanding that the relationship has ended and there is no way back whether it was by choice or not. And I had to choose how I would deal with it. And of course, uh, it is possible, and that's what I did before, just like a normal human being, that I would just uh, go into the uh, sometimes terrible depression of being able to eat and uh, suffering terribly. But I have decided that nothing is more important than I myself to myself. And if somebody broke my heart like that, willingly or unwillingly, does not deserve to rent a space in my heart. So I raise the rent and evict them of what I have decided to do. Okay, I give myself a day. A day, that's it. Sometimes it could be, uh, it was before, probably a week, because it's not so, it's not easy to get out of the relationship, right? Uh, not feeling any emotions unless you're a psychopath or um, sociopathically inclined uh, human being. So uh, nowadays I give myself, uh, God forbid that ha would happen to me again, a day where I feel bad, of course, I give myself this space to feel bad, the remorseful grieve for a day. And then I put myself together and I say, this is enough. And tomorrow is going to be a new day. And tomorrow I'm going to feel much better. And that is the end of that. And as soon as you give yourself this kind of uh, uh, statement that gets engraved in your mind, it's like subconsciously giving to yourself, right? I believe uh, it takes roots and it's much easier to overcome the breakup. What do you think about it, Dr. Sherry? 
Oh my goodness. Well, I think heartbreak or breakup comes in so many different shapes and sizes and forms and complexities. I mean, because it's not always a, a romantic breakup. You could break up with your friends. You could break up with your work. You could break up with family. So I think it's really complex. But if we're specifically speaking on heartbreak, I think over the years after experiencing it enough times and staying in places well beyond the expiration date, I have different seeds planted with the better ability to cope with things and also easier to get out of something that may be causing me pain or suffering, but not everybody's like that. So maybe we should, maybe we should go to um, how to get out of a heart. How do you identify maybe you're in a bad relationship or um, how do we deal with the post relationship? Where are we going to start here? Getting out of a breakup or, or, Starting a breakup? I think I'm starting to break up mentally. <laughs> starting a breakup. Yes, I think that the many of us, we do know when the relationship has ended. However, like you mentioned, a lot of us choose to stay beyond the expiration date. And that is a problem. And we do that for different uh, uh, for the variety, variety of different reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, that does not serve us well. So what are those reasons, Dr. Sherry? Well, I think sometimes um, family is a big reason, like children, I think would be the main reason people have a reason to try to work things out and stay would be the most profound reason. Otherwise, if you're just on your own and the sh shit's not going well and it's dysfunctional, it's like pull the chocks and get out. But you have it. to be smart. Exactly. You have to be mm -hmm. very smart in either way to get out of the relationship uh, and uh, uh, by educating yourself. If you don't know certain things, you have to educate yourself. You have to understand whether that the relationship is repairable or it is irreparable, it, whether that's an abusive relationship or you have outgrown uh, each other, uh, whether the passion has subsided and there's nothing left for you, uh, but there's some kind of uh, partnership uh, that is uh, the only thing that is there without any kind of intimacy. So that could, that there are a variety of reasons, but nevertheless, we always have to um, take control of our emotions and only then figure everything out uh, and only then make a move. But that is so difficult to do because our emotions, sometimes they don't belong to us. And that is a roller coaster. We scream and yell at each other for a long time, right? Before we come to understanding, right? That is the end. And why do we scream and yell at each other? Content, contempt, Cont resentment. <laughs> Resentment, fear. fear. Yeah. You know, there is a saying, uh, if um, a woman is screaming and yelling at you, then yeah, there is a chance and probably she loves you and she's not done with you. But beware of the time when a woman is silent. That is the end of everything. When she doesn't yell and scream at you, when she doesn't try to repair anything, when she is so beyond of the relationship, when her heart probably is broken that she doesn't have any desire or even willingness uh, uh, to continue that relationship, and it is done. So men think that they can push women's buttons for uh, indefinitely. When this is not the case, at some point in time, she is going to stop. So don't push our buttons. <laughs> this is a warning of humanity for humanity, for male humanity. 
or people in general. I mean, if you're in a same sex relationship, it, 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 I think once you get the reason, if you're in resentment and you're in content, if you're in contempt, those are poison. You know, doubt, if you're in doubt in a relationship, doubt poisons the relationship. Fear, anxiety, those things that are invoked by fear, you can either face everything and rise or you can forget everything and run. Sooner or later, you're going to have to face fear in life. So if you're afraid to get out of the relationship and it's not meant to be, eventually you're going to more than likely see an end to it. That's true. That's true. And a lot of the times what happens is that we either don't know how to communicate or we lost that ability and desire to communicate with each other. Correct? Yes, that's a big part of it. We don't, and we don't, I think a lot of times we're not honest with ourselves because so a lot of times, yeah, I found myself before in relationships and I'm like, I don't even love this person anymore. What am I doing? But I, I didn't have the self-worth or the, enough value in myself to leave. I was so afraid to leave, but I couldn't stand being there. So I became more like servile and scraping, staying around for breadcrumbs, essentially, um, until I learned and just to learn about myself more and to value myself and to understand that change may be the unknown may be scary, but it's I think it's um, better to cross that bridge than to, to continue suffering. And that's true. That's true that you're talking about the waiting for the breadcrumbs. However, that uh, builds even more resentment in you than anything else by staying mm -hmm. there, by being unhappy. And that causes all sorts of emotional and physical problems. And we don't even understand why we get so sick sometimes. Mm -hmm. But that is because of the resentment. That is because of staying in an abusive relationship. And not only the children can be, are, uh, in fact, um, the important factor in difficulty breaking up that relationship that is dysfunctional and abusive. It's also financial reasons. Mm -hmm. And there are many reasons that people are not, afford, even psychologically healthy people cannot afford for a breakup or a divorce. And uh, we are not even talking about uh, such abusive relationship, like narcissistic relationship, when people become so uh, emotionally dependent on those crumbs, mm -hmm. as you just mentioned, that just the mere sight of them would bring them back to feeling nice and sweet and hopeful for the continuing of the relationship when those are only crumbs and they will remain as crumbs. Yes. And sometimes you will actually grieve a relationship while you're in there. And so when you leave, that's why there's like, I think there's like a, is there a hypothesis maybe or a theory where it's like the dumper and the dumpy. There's like, you got a title for who dumped who and one of them comes running back later. I think it's the dumpy. No, the dumper. The dumper is usually the one that comes back later and regretting their choice. I think it goes on both sides that the, the dumper and dumpy such horrible words you know that the, i would probably you warn people listeners and viewers from using that word on themselves that is such a derogatory <laughs> word i was dumped he dumped me what are you a trash can to be dumped you sack of trash to be dumped throwing out your trash <laughs> I, i'm serious i'm absolutely serious here i never use that word and uh, I warn other people to never use it. You're not a sack of trash. So please don't use that word. I was dumped. He dumped me. He dumped her. Okay. Like if we speak of somebody, a, a despicable girlfriend, for example, right? That uh, uh, we hate or some 
everybody in the media that also we probably dislike and we can say, oh, she was dumped, right? To express our contempt. However, even then she is a human being, you know, it's not nice. I would not suggest that somebody is a piece of trash or the bag of trash uh, uh, to be taken out to the dumpster. So let's just avoid people. Let's avoid this kind of a conversation because we talk to ourselves and we subconsciously give ourselves this uh, uh, notion and understanding that we are trash. We are not needed in this person's life and he, he or she dumped us. No, do not use that derogatory <laughs> word. You can laugh at it. Just, <laughs> I love the, the question is wonderful. I'm, I'm enjoying it. No, don't use that word, please. Dumping is for trash, okay? You uh, you can choose so many different uh, words, different verbiage that our relationship has ended or uh, he chose a different path versus uh, uh, or he, he or she, whoever left the relationship, the dump, dumpy, I guess, right? <laughs> Dumper and dumpy. No, I, I, I don't like using this kind of... Yes, kind you just kind of dump verbiage. your scraps at the breakup buffet. You can exactly. be broken, but anything that's more things, a lot of things that are broken can be fixed. You can repair. I think it's just very important to get to know ourselves. Because even after we break up, we have to also learn our limits. Some people come back. That person that we broke up with comes back. And we have to know whether or not to open the door to that person if the time is right. And sometimes it may never come. I've opened it so many times. That, but I've had to learn my lesson over and over and over. Unfortunately, this is the case. We have to learn our lesson. And only then we're able to stop that uh, crazy roller coaster of the vicious circle of life that we get into the same relationship. We have to learn about ourselves, about, the, about ourselves first, and what kind of people we are engaging with, the type of a person. Uh, it doesn't have to even look the same way, although we all have a type, a certain type. Nevertheless, we have to be really cognizant of what is happening inside of ourselves and why we make certain choice. And why do we uh, step on the same rake uh, all the time, right? And hitting our forehead. Come on, I've been there so many times. I've stepped on the same rake so many times and bam, my head had so many bumps. And finally, I decided, you know what? That's enough. Uh, my forehead doesn't have any more space for the bumps mm -hmm. of that the rake so let's just not do it and uh, uh that takes time that takes time and the willingness to have an insight to look inside of yourself and understand why am i doing the same thing why am i involved in the same pattern of behavior why do i have the same pattern of people in my life then and only then things will be possible for a change Yes, loneliness is a big deal there. Isolation and loneliness is that we're trying to fill up, fill the hole. And filling it with something that's uh, what we say has toxic behavior is going to create a toxic soup at the buffet. Oi. As, <laughs> as much as I love soups, no, I don't want any toxic soups. Dr. Sherry, that uh, is not on my menu and should not be on any menu uh, of uh, anybody. Uh, while uh, we talk about um, uh, communication problems, right, that can um, 
ultimately erode the trust and intimacy. Uh, we talk about compatibility and differences in com compatibility. And uh, sometimes we think that, oh, this person belongs to me or I belong to this person. Nevertheless, at the beginning, when we have this interesting rose glass tinted uh, 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 outlook on life on our partner, idealizing them, we may not be compatible in the long run. We have to understand from early on that this person is not my kind of a person. And what's important is to go in the same direction on um, a long-term basis versus just immediate gratification. We discussed that a lot, right, Dr. Sherry? Mm -hmm. On the immediate gratification is killing everything. We must be able to be mature enough to understand that we can wait. We can wait for something better versus that wanting that immediate gratification. Well, there's like a quote out there. It's like things that happen fast and fast. And there's a difference between compatibility and chemistry. Just because you have chemistry doesn't mean you're compatible. Absolutely. So on and so forth. And they, I think that literature goes on to show or uh, people's thoughts for millennia now. It's like you have to give the love that you're looking for to yourself. So you know how to when you're looking for it, when you're out there finding someone, you will know what to receive for yourself, but you have to learn to give it to yourself. Everything that you're looking for another person, learn to give it to yourself. First, exactly, because mm -hmm. if you don't have it, how can you look in other person to get it for yourself? And especially I would uh, also uh, stress the fact that when we are in a breakup or just immediately after a breakup, we should not fill that void with anybody else. While it may seem as a good idea, oh, I'm gonna go and just, uh, you know, get another guy or girl that uh, and show him on the social media that, oh, uh, I'm happy now, I'm so content, I look good and great, and let him just die there looking at me, right? <laughs> that while it can happen, but that's the, not the best way out. Uh, your uh, well-being, your psychological well-being is much more important than just prove to somebody that he lost or she lost some great person in their lives. Yeah, a breakup is going to affect us more than likely our self-esteem. But I think anytime we search outside of ourselves for that validation from another person, it's not going to fill the void where that we're looking to fill. I mean, like they, there's a saying, it's like uh, the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. <laughs> I think that is Ooh. like high, highly false. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, that's uh, this is what our culture creates. Uh, uh, we look for the ways to feel better, right? And that's not necessarily the best approach, right? To get under somebody. Uh, get under yourself, get under your own skin, get under your own soul, and try to figure it out why why am i getting uh involved with this person particularly check your motive check your, check motive, your motive check that person's motives as well and don't be so naive we have to uh um learn how not to be naive to break to shatter those rose tinted glasses right and uh, look at things realistically although it's very difficult uh, to uh, approach it this way that nevertheless has to be done because i firmly believe when you fall in love uh with someone right uh take your brain with you for pity's sake Take your brain with you when emotions are running high and in all sorts of the directions. Take your brain with you. Understand mm -hmm. the reality. 
see the commonalities, see the patterns of behavior, which may not be always good ones. So Mm -hmm. once you see those patterns and you know those uh, kind of uh, could be red flags, although uh, I would caution uh, against using red flags as much, but patterns, patterns of behavior uh, that would always give the person away, always. Mm -hmm. And understanding, again, like, yeah, I reemphasize checking your own motive. I don't necessarily know if you can check someone else's motive because... Who knows what another person's motive is? But if you know your motive before you leave your home, you know whether or not at the end of the night, more than likely how the end results might occur. Just a small chance. Just a small chance. Exactly. Your motives and your intentions Mm -hmm. in what you're looking for. We're going way before the beginning of a relationship like the Sherry. (laughs) So consider that we are in a relationship already, right? And uh, first, of course, that we have to go to the beginning of a relationship, uh, not to get involved in a certain type of relationships, because if this is our pattern, we have to change that pattern. And Mm -hmm. yes, we can check for people's um, motivations at the very beginning of any relationship. Because when we just first meet the person, it's a psychological fact that uh, people will just talk. They will reveal so much information about themselves that they normally wouldn't to friends or acquaintances because they think that uh, it may be the first and the last time that they see you. That when you should listen. The first and the second date, perhaps. The first, you should be asking questions and the person will be answering them and you will see uh you have to be able to allow yourself to believe what the person is saying because the person will be speaking the truth the first time you're seeing them and uh uh, i think it was uh, paulo coelho who said in one of his books that we see the end of a relationship at the very beginning So if we rewind any relationship that we've ever had to the very beginning, we would see that that relationship that ended was doomed from the very beginning. There are signs, uh, Mm -hmm. there are patterns. You knew that something was not going to work. Nevertheless, you stayed there. That's right. That's why it's so important to check your own motives, because if you don't, you're going there with usually with the intention to have to be validated whatever it takes to be validated and to be fixed and filled. And you're going to, you won't heed those flags. And then police officer comes like, what was your motive of the breakup? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need more breakup police. Yeah. I didn't have a breakup breakfast this morning. I left the house without knowing my motives. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, and sometimes you just have to go through life and wear it out. I mean, you know, that that's a part of being human. We can tell you these things till the cows come home, till you're blue in the face. You can bring the horse to water. You can't make it drink. So we can put the information out there. But sometimes you have to wear it out. I've always chalked a relationship up to like a jacket. You're wearing a jacket. And if it gets too hot, eventually you're going to take it off and you're going to leave it there. So if your relationship gets too hot, eventually the jacket's going to come off and you're going to free yourself from that heat otherwise it might just remain comfortable keep it on (laughs) 
keep it on. Some relationships do feel so comfortable, Dr. Sherry, and those relationships are, in fact, the best relationships. However, again, uh, check your motives, check your insecurities, because comfortable situations in relationship does not necessarily mean that the person is the great person for you and you are in a perfect uh, for yourself relationship. Because uh, what is uh, known, what is comforting sometimes can be just the, uh, your attitude toward certain abusive situations that feel comfortable to you and known to you because this this is mm -hmm. the way that you grew up attachment. and attachment problems right and this is how you uh, are used to looking at the world this is how people treated you your parents your siblings or anybody uh and you are used to this kind of attitude so you get involved in the same kind of a person when you grow up based on all those patterns that you saw as a child and not nevertheless, not the, uh, just because you feel that the, the relationship feel comfortable. It it's cannot, familiar. It's familiar. It's, it, 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 it feels familiar. And what's familiar is comfortable, right? We all tend to... Uh, uh, it appears go to comfortable, comfortable situations. It appears comfortable, but nevertheless, we have to also be checking that person's uh, motives as well. Question and not uh, trust immediately. Although uh, people can say, "Oh, you're in love. How come uh, you have to be able to trust the person? Otherwise, this is it's going to kill the communication." No, you have to be smart first. You and can love a lot of things, right? You can love exactly, but love is not sustainable for everything. And that's why I think when we don't have good attachments, we oftentimes find someone who's really good for us and we look at them like they're boring and blah, 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 whatever. All the, they're probably the perfect match, but we're like, no, not familiar enough, not sick enough. <laughs> not sick enough. That is so profound, Dr. Sherry, not sick enough. And uh, to have a psychologically healthy person, a young adult or adult in general, is just the chances are zero. They're minus 50%. They're not even, you can't even find psychologically healthy uh, individual nowadays or even before because of different situations in our lives, right? With the products of our society, of our family. So something would happen always because as parents, we don't, we're not given the instructions how to bring our children, right? We're not given instructions on how to live this life. So uh, some problems will happen and that's what's important to do the check, check, check all the time with your intentions and the intentions of other people. I think that's why relationships are important because relationships are our teachers in life. They're, re they're teachers. Again, relationships just aren't romantic. There's friendships, there's works, there's acquaintances. Relationships come in, in, in various forms. But most, more than likely, we always focus on romantic because I think oftentimes that brings the, the deepest heartbreak. And heartbreak was like sadness, grief, loss, raw emotions. How do we get through that? How did you get through that? And that is trust. Uh, what happens is that in relationships, we trust. Well, Dr. Sherry, don't make sure that you don't have any breakups there like I had this morning. Don't break things in your office. Um, how do we go through it? The thing is, uh, uh, in the relationship, we shouldn't get distracted because we can get uh, uh, lose our thought, train of our thought. Um well, laughter is a good one, right? You know, we, we talked about this show. It's like, 
Laughter. <laughs> what was your question? Please rephrase. <laughs> you were in court, Dr. Sherry. Rephrase your question. Right? Like, yes, I'm from the South, and sometimes I think I ask a question and answer it all in one. Sometimes it's just <laughs> culturally we do that. So. Well, the thing is that when we ask a question, it is uh, always so uh, we imply the answer. So we already know the answer to the question. That's why open-ended questions are important because a lot of times we lead with closed-ended, a yes or no. Open-ended gets more information out of people. That's a whole nother show. Heartbreak. How do we get through heartbreak? We're at the heartbreak buffet. What, do we, what, what are things that can help us get through like the heartbreak? Like self-care, mindfulness. How do you get your resilience back? Well, first of all, I believe that it's important to say that um, there is also a positive effect uh, of breakups. Not necessarily they have to be negative because if we look back and we can also put the pieces of puzzles uh, uh, back together uh, retrospectively, uh, only then we can see that that person was not good for us. And that is why the breakup happened. And it's a good thing that breakup happened. I um, had just uh, uh, in my own personal uh, story, life story, I was in a relationship uh, with a person and uh, uh, with the different circumstances, uh, other people from his family got involved and uh, broke us up. And that was an absolute blessing and gift for me although I didn't see it at the time. Uh, but I knew that that relationship was not a good relationship because I did not have peace in my heart. Mm -hmm. What's important to understand that when you are in a good relationship, when you are with your person, you will have peace in your heart. You will not have worry, anxiety, or discontentment. You will always be at peace. And that's an incredible thing. So why was not at peace at that time? And that's, uh, uh, for me, was settling for that relationship. I was not at peace and I knew it. And with everything that I knew at the time already, and professionally and personally, I knew that that person was not good for me. And there is no future. Although you always hope for that. And then mm -hmm. the breakup happened. And I understood that that is possibly a good thing because I myself was not happy there. What happened later is that just, I believe in a couple of months, in a couple of months, I met the most amazing man on earth. For me, he's not for everybody. Of course, we have to find our own person, our own person with whom we can be happy and completely com compatible. But what was and seemed as a nemesis at the time and the heartbreak uh, actually was a blessing. Yeah, sometimes you come out of a relationship and you feel free, like you, you feel the freedom. And although we might be mourning a loss of a person, so we think, I also think it's the illusion of also we're mourning a process of our own selves, our, uh, like um, not just a loss of the person, but the loss um, coming to terms with the idea of what we thought it was going to be. I think it, sometimes things in life center around ourselves, even though we're here to serve other people. I think that loss is often also associated with grieving the loss of 
the idea of what we thought it was. Because when we're truly, I think when we're truly honest with ourselves, I mean, or just honest with ourselves, do we really have to be truly honest? I mean, I think we can just be honest, right? Exactly. How's it possible <laughs> to be truly honest? Where's the degree? Where's the measurement scale? There's a, what do they call that in English? There's a redundant. That's redundant. Anyway, That's redundant. don't redundant your relationships. Exactly. But if we're honest with ourselves, I believe that we won't stay in those spaces. And I think that's what we learn as we go navigate life. We learn how to get in touch with ourselves and how to be honest. And with honesty, fear, I don't think fear can exist. It takes over. It's like, I'm going to be honest. Um, just navigating breakups just can be difficult. That's absolutely you know, even the, true. Mm -hmm. Navigating because at the time we don't see what will be in the future. Uh, we're so afraid sometimes, right? It's like so if you afraid. depend on the heart, unlike the brain, the heart can't, the heart does not just uh, differentiate between emotional and physical pain. It just knows that there's suffering there. Unlike the brain, which tells us what motor sensories and things to move. And even with laughter, right? We're going to get to laughter soon. I think I must be craving it over here or something. Yeah. Our heart is not subjected to the reason of our mind, of course. And uh, that is understandable. But um, so I'm still, I'm hoping that people will get this message. Follow your heart, but take your brain with you. <laughs> That's they a both, great one. They're both interconnected. You can't. Just like physical and emotional pain in the body, it's interconnected. Too much emotional pain can cause physical pain. Too much physical, chronic physical pain can cause emotional pain. So any kind of pain or suffering is interrelated in the human body. That's a great um, statement there. You know what I learned early on in life, early, very early, I think I was um, about 18, that we cannot allow that pendulum of emotions to swing uh, too high into one direction. We have to understand that if it swings high in one direction, it will definitely swing high in the other one as well. So- uh, Goes up, comes down, you're saying? Yeah, with, with the pendulum. Like for example, mm -hmm. the pendulum, it uh, um, swings in both directions. It doesn't have, for example, doesn't swing at 45 degrees in one direction or 90, comes back to 90 <laughs> in another one. It doesn't. It swings at the same speed, of course, and uh, under yeah. the same angle that it was going to be. So I learned that negative emotions that I may experience will definitely find the opposite emotion in the future like for example you know i'm so intensely uh, unhappy yes there's going to be a time when i'm intensely happy as well but when i'm intensely happy i also keep a cap on it to also allow myself to be reasonable at times and not to succumb to all of my emotions when I do not see the reality. So we have to be able to understand that and not allow the pendulum swing too high in either direction. Yeah, I'm still learning all that. Like, I, I wish I learned at a young age. I'm st I still have to rem uh, remind myself when it comes to emotions because they can overtake. And this is not, I'm not suggesting that, oh, I have mastered the science of emotions. 
I'm a human being. And of course, I'm subjected to emotions as well. But when they come, I do a check <laughs> and I see where they come from, whether those are my emotions or just the emotions of somebody else, because I'm an empath and I can feel other people's emotions, thoughts, desires, uh, intentions. So uh, while it is very difficult um, for other people, people can sometimes they say, oh, is it difficult to live, uh, to be you and to live like you? And I say, you know, it's very easy because I see through everything. It might be difficult for you because you cannot lie to me. You cannot manipulate me. You cannot uh, come with the false intentions, but it's easy for me. So it is absolutely important to um, take your brain with you. And at the same time, yeah, when emotions come, do a check, do a check, see uh, whether those are valid emotions or not, because the emotions can take over us. And sometimes they're not valid emotions. Like you said, we have to be honest with ourselves. And that honesty also comes uh, with emotion check, whether that is a true emotion that we're feeling or something that we made up in our heads. Because we, as women, we create a problem. We're just absolute geniuses in creating a problem, thinking of a problem, creating that problem in our heads when our guy does not even know about that problem. The problem doesn't exist. So what do we do? We believe that we are already in a breakup in our head with that person, with a guy, and he does not even know about that. We're just professionals in creating problems in our minds and then acting on them. I think that comes full circle because then this isn't this is uh, so interesting that you bring that up because I was at a Mardi Gras celebration at a parade and I was speaking to a friend's uh, husband partner and he said I was talking about women and how we ha like tend to have so many problems and make things up and he's like we have them too he's like we have we have we have them we all have them so it was just so interesting for like to hear him say that too he's like we have all that shit too we just it comes out differently I guess is what he was saying but. I agree with you. And one thing I think is important when you bring up the pendulum, pendulum is that those metaphorical suggestions are really good things to think about when you're going through these things, because you might not have a pendulum on you, but if you can just think about it, it's like a, a, a suggestion you can put in your mind to remember my emotions are swinging. And so that's a great um, addition there. That's true. The emotions are swinging. We have to be able to understand. How, how, however, men do have the same kind of problems. They don't uh, express them uh, a lot of the times. But uh, I've uh, this has been my observation throughout the years that uh, guys' mind is uh, much more simpler than the women's. They don't. They have sort of like the blinders on and they see the goal and they go to it. You know, they don't. I think they get, compartmentalize. Comparten probably. Or, and they don't get distracted on this thought and this that thought. If you look into a female's mind at any given time of the day, you will see there are millions of different thoughts, millions that because as uh, females, we were designed to procreate, to have children, to take care of, uh, of uh, our houses, right? The households and uh, bring the children up and stuff like that. And we have to be able to think this way. However, for guys, they were also designed differently, of course. Uh, and I'm the, um, probably uh, there is a huge difference between California guys and um, any other type of men on earth, probably. <laughs> well, a lot of people in California are not from California. So uh, 
subjectively across across the board, right? I agree with you. I think women are designed to 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 create the test and men take it. If you're in regard to like women test more uh, biologically, evolutionarily, right? Is what you're saying. Like they, you're te- you're coming up with ways to test the situation. Whereas men are like, they'll just take the test. We don't have time to create one. We'll just take it. Right. What you're saying, kind of? Well, yeah. And the thing is that with the, with the California, uh, what is um, done, especially in, not in the entire California, in Southern California, people are brought up differently. And also with the values, uh, uh, male and female are, are not so distinguishable, right, between the gender roles. And... Um, that could be a plus and that could be a minus as well. So, um, yes, we are different. We are wired differently. And But uh, as females, we do create problems in our minds and then we act on them. Um, what uh, I think is important also to talk about uh, during the breakup, that not only that we have to be... Uh, really empathetic with ourselves at the time when it happens, but also give ourselves time, give ourselves time uh, to heal. And if uh, everybody around you tells you that you, oh, just uh, j- just get up and get out of the house. For example, for you, it's not so easy to get out of the house, to completely abandon everything. You still, you ruminate and you ruminate and you're not able to get out of that circle of rumination. Then what's important is to make a decision, is to make a decision. I've noticed that it is the best approach just to make a decision and give yourself time to grieve and then go go out and uh, he, um probably uh, get into different relationships. However, there are situations uh, during breakup when you cannot just uh, simply walk away. And those are the relationships, uh, narcissistic relationships and abusive relationships that you uh, just end. So that is a different topic because uh, after breakup, uh, narcissistic reaction, the person uh, who is a narcissist, uh, uh, it, their reaction can vary depending on their personality, the dynamic of the relationship, and their relation- uh, level of uh, uh, emotional maturity. So what can happen? Uh, they can go on smear campaigns, on hoovering, on gaslighting, on financial manipulation, manipulating your children. So that uh, is not so easy. Uh, the advice to, um, to get over somebody can be so easily said that done, correct? Because that can also be stalking and harassment, uh, legal maneuvering. Uh, we have to be really cognizant about that. And if you are in this kind of abusive relationship, you must be able to recognize the patterns and still be able to walk away, find a way to walk away. Yes, you may need to reach out to a support system, a support group, professional help in that regard. If you're suffering from something that's um, dangerous, if you feel like you're in danger, there are outlets out there that you can reach out to. Um, in situations like that. Absolutely. And Dr. Sherry, I think we need uh, some, (laughs) a joke or something because we're going deep, deep. We're actually uh, uh, streaming live on United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. 
and you are listening uh, to Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry talking about breakup buffet. And it, while it is not always uh, pleasant or really tasty to eat of the breakup buffet, nevertheless, we do, we have to, and we have to get out of it. It can be tasty though. And that's when you start incorporating good things in your life. So many times when we, I believe when we get out of breakups, we focus so much on the other person, what they did that we forget to look at what we, what did we do? Why did we stay? Why did we continue to show up? It doesn't matter what the other person did to us in short, uh, in certain regards there. It's how do we deal with it? How do you take away from it? If we just continue to blame somebody, we're just remaining the victim. You have to pick up the pieces of the broken glass and you can either glue it back together, which probably would be re mean remaining in that relationship, or you can discard it. We won't say dump it. We, you, can discard, <laughs> you can discard the trash of a relationship. Everything else can be put back together, but you focus on yourself, I believe, and stop blaming everything else. Get back to yourself in a breakup, and there are just different ways to do that. And I think laughter is a good thing. My fr I have a friend who is going through a lot of grief, and also dealing with other things in her life. And she's coming out of it slowly. And one of the things she's using is laughter. And, you know, grief is a break, it's a heartbreak. You know, breakups, we're at the breakup buffet, but we're also talking about heartbreak. And she's now using laughter, like, you know, just little skits and parodies. And laughter is wonderful. It's an emotion release. It reduces stress. Uh, it, it shifts our perspective. It can get us, if you listen to certain things, it can get you bonding with a certain connection. Like you're relating, listen to yeah. some breakup comedy. You might be able to relate to the person. Um, it's a distraction. And that releases endorphins. Yes. And they make us feel good. So that is why, while it is difficult to find humor in that the breakup situation, we have to be able to do that. I um, remember my, uh, so interestingly enough, uh, the last uh, breakup that I had, and I was uh, kind of upset that first day and my dad came to visit and he's like, what are you sitting so upset? And I said, well, I just had a breakup. And <laughs> my dad, uh, who is a jokester, he likes to joke here. I believe that he was, uh, in fact, um, uh, a very wise jokester at this time. So he said, I, um, I said, you know what, dad, no man ever uh, left me. And he looked at me like this, as if like, as a ram looking at the new gate. And he's like, what are you talking about? He said, that was not a man. That was a boy in cropped pants, listening to his mommy at 55 years of age. That was not a man, that was a boy. So no man ever left you and no man ever will. But that was a boy who was not able to make decisions on his own. You know, mm -hmm. so I heard that. And I immediately, not that I was laughing, but it lifted up my spirits and it showed me the reality that I was not seeing at the time or I was dismissing. However, this kind of humor can come and totally turn around the situation for you. Yeah, it can. And and like in, in hindsight, think about it. Like we get so brokenhearted over someone leaving us, but it's like in true perspective, it's like, do you really want to stick around for someone who doesn't want you? You know, you want to sit here and mope and like I got left. And it's like, 
you probably were left for something better, a beautiful opportunity, you know? And that's exactly what happened. Although that though, we do not see it at the time, your person will never leave you. Your person will come and stay. But those who are never designed, who were never designed to stay in your life, they will come for a season to teach you a lesson, for example, or to help you a different situation for various reasons, for different seasons in life. But your person will come and stay while the rest of the people will leave. So while we can grieve those people, it is absolutely essential to understand whatever is leaving, whatever is getting out of your life, do not hold it. Let go and let it go freely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so and laugh because a lot of the times that uh, we are trying to hold on to that uh, relationship that we do not see anything else we're so hung up on that and uh and i was there myself what is the reason if somebody to wants wants to walk out whether that is a friend or a romantic partner or um business partner let go let go because yours, whatever designed to be yours, will never leave your life, will come and stay. While it is difficult to understand, you mentioned previously that we are afraid to stay lonely. And that loneliness, that aloneness, in fact, can prevent us uh, from a breakup. You will be continuing to come back to the same person, to the same broken relationship again and again until you decide yourself to break the circle, the vicious circle of uh, uh, pathological relationship. So many people are afraid to be without a partner. Like they feel the need, like they need to have this person. And, you know, I, I wish everybody that uh, the laughter to get out of that. <laughs> I've, I've been there. I've been on both sides of the coins throughout my life. I've stayed, I've left. Oh, I've laughed, I've cried, I sang. I danced, <laughs> all of it. And that is absolutely important. That is important. And also with that um, self-care that we talk about, and self-care does not uh, imply to go get a massage, although that would not be a bad idea to go get a massage, right? To pamper it's yourself this in way. There. It's included, right? But the most important thing is just to take care of yourself emotionally and physically and not really try to ruin your life uh, by substance abuse, alcohol, and drugs, because that is so easy to forget. In order uh, to forget, we dive into all of those ex extreme uh, um, things. Self-medicate. Self-medicate. But so you're just really moving on from one relation to another. You're having a relationship with something that's addictive, a psychological relationship that's oftentimes detrimental. Detrimental. And that would be the rebound relationship, correct? And a, yeah. And it's also a physical speaking of it's, yeah, it's a rebound. Re, you know, it's like a rebound in a relationship or it, for, to some people, it could be a relapse. So even same thing with relationships. I've been there where I've gone back and forth to the same person thinking, oh, this time will be different. And over and over several times with the same person expecting a different result. What's that quote? Is it um, Einstein? The um, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of, of insanity. 
you know, drinking the poison, expecting someone else to die. There we are just sipping on our poisonous tea, you know, <laughs> waiting for the other person to die. But here we're being sick. You know, we make ourselves sick. It's not just the other person. When we keep showing up in situations in our lives and, and keep going through these patterns and not changing it, we're essentially making ourselves sick. Absolutely. And that sickness prevails and it continues and persists throughout the relationship throughout our life up until we put an end to it. And that is, um, if I'm saying that, that means that I've been there and I got out of it. So if anybody is going through a breakup, our listeners and viewers, just know that it is for a reason. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel that you are not yet seeing, but it is there. If we speak metaphorically, it is actually physically there. And the person that belongs to you and you belong to that person, if you want to be with somebody, is there. The only thing that you have to draw conclusions is to draw um, the not really the inspiration, but to learn your lessons. And learn from your yourself. lessons, you have to get those inspirations to learn go. to be with exactly. yourself. Yeah. Stop seeking outside of yourself to be whole. Learn to fill your own hole. So that way, when you go out, you're not looking for someone sh who, who has the shovel, <laughs> who has to <laughs> rake the leaves over my hole. I don't want you, you know, it's um, you have to go out there and into the world whole. You go out there. You, no one's ever going to complete us. People of another person can't complete us. You know, I mean, we can add on. We can have children and have additions in relationships, but we have to complete ourselves. And if we don't, all the missing pieces, we're going to be looking in other people. And they have no, they have no clue what our missing pieces are because they're too, sometimes they're too busy looking for their pieces in us. So here we are, two different puzzles, swapping pieces, trying to put their pieces into our puzzle. And it just doesn't work like that. Life's not like that. Absolutely. And if, what if I took those glasses that I broke this morning and uh, glued them together and put them back on the shelf with the whole glasses, they will always be different. And actually, if you even try to glue the glass of your relationship, you will always know that it was shattered at some point in time, there was always going to be a reminder for you that it broke for a reason. Yeah, there's a story about a little boy and his father. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to tell this right, but I'm going to do my best here. And he, the, the father takes the little boy out to the um, fence and he tells him to put nails in the fence. Folks, let's go put some nails in. And he says, for each time you put a nail in there, and that's representing being rude or mean to someone or to yourself in your life, you're doing something that's a negative behavior. Then he has the little boy remove the nails. Same thing like the glass. When you look at the fence, it's always going to have the holes. Always. You can you can fill it with the putty and um, there's ways to cover it, right? But again, like you're saying, um, the heart is so sacred. So when we share it and we open it, it's sacred that we not only take care of our own heart, that we learn to take care of others. But if you learn how to take care of your own and not just physically, emotionally, psychologically, I think you're well equipped to take care of someone else's heart. Exactly. When you go right after the breakup, you're a broken person. What happens is that after the relationship, what we do, we do, we are shattered into, into small little pieces, right? Sometimes there's a bigger pieces that we have to put together. 
But a lot of the times there's a lot of the little pieces, little puzzles of the game. And when you glue yourself together, your heart can become whole. And that mm -hmm. is the only thing that can become whole. It will still have scars, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I think so. You have, when you, you have to go back into the fire, right? And exactly. become whole. Right. When you healed yourself, you will not even have a desire to go back to the same pathological relationships that the, uh, you were involved before. Yeah, I think scars are like of the heart or like they're like the wrinkles of the heart. It's just scarred, you know, but it's to learn and to, to teach yourself from those scars. They're like emotional battle wounds, but they're not always present to everyone around us. Yes. And important thing is not to slide into the victimhood. Mm -hmm. It is so important because so many times that I've seen from uh, ladies in my practice uh, that they would be shattered, that they would uh, slide uh, into the victimhood mentality that, the, oh, he left me. Uh, and with time, of course, uh, none of them use that the damn language. He dumped me, right? That is so important to um, understand that and just move on and move on that your heart your heart is the most important thing do not allow people to step on it again and again smashing it so learn from the lesson mend your heart move away because that will build resilience in you and while we can just throw all the psychological terms here it does it does build resilience and next time you're not going to get involved in that kind of a pathological relationship right um you're going to get a different perspective and that perspective requires you to be healthy because if you get outside into the world broken self you will always always attract the same broken people into your life yes we cannot go out into the world expecting people to fix us and we cannot go into a relationship hoping someone will change sticking around thinking well maybe if i do this they'll change people are inherently who they are we do change a little bit but i think there's inherent characteristics that show over time and i think parts of those you can't change that part of a person i don't think so the reasons we want to change it i don't think no amount of control can keep anything because we're practically made of water, right? Essentially, what, yes. 60 something, 70 percent? Water, mm -hmm. you cannot compress water. You cannot control. There's always a consequence to control. And oftentimes it could be death. People who stay around, they may and they may not even see it coming in, in certain situations. But that's the level of it, I think, right? Because I think that's what a lot of it is. It's, it's all about control. We're trying to control something. Seeking validation outside of myself, I'm chances are I'm going to manipulate the situation in favor of myself so I get what I want. So there's always a level of control when we have a motive. And anytime we have a motive, we're probably trying to fix ourselves or another person, right? And that's usually designed by control. And in the underlying... Uh, element of control is fear right i think i'm i'm, a, I'm gonna that's go true. on a limb and say it's a, a fearful emotion that's there. true that's true because when we um get in a relationship we are so um 
disconnected with ourselves. And while we're disconnected with ourselves, we're not able to form uh, true authentic relationships. It will always be true for you at that time in and space, meaning that if you are a heartbroken person at the time, right? If then uh, um, you will attract the same kind of a person and no one is responsible of fixing you, but yourself. But yes, and if you keep going back to the same pattern over and over and over, you're more than likely maybe suffering from what is also known as codependency. There's a co codependency there that you feel the need that you have to be, you need something from that person in order to feel whole. There's a dependency on another person to, to be yourself. Because I think as we get older and as we continue to plant seeds in our lives, we know going into certain situations, it doesn't feel good. However, sometimes we might find ourselves like, God, I couldn't leave. And I think that's also an element of addiction. Being addicted to the relationship doesn't have to be a drug. It could just be a, a relationship. But you're kind of addicted to that pattern of behavior that you know you don't want to be there, but you just can't get out. And that's pretty low. It's pretty, it's like pit, pity. And I think pity is one of the lowest human vibrations that we can have for ourselves. Self-pity is a very low vibration. And that's also victimhood. <laughs> On a brighter side. On a brighter doors side. <laughs> doors were invented or, or created to be opened. So you don't have to stay in a closed room. You don't have to stay behind a closed door. They're meant to be opened. Open it. Walk through something else. Walk through something else because there's uh, always something better waiting for you there. Yeah. And we may even not see it at the time when we're going through something, but nevertheless, it is there. Whatever is not yours will leave and whatever is yours will come and stay in your life. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, if it's not meant to be, then let it go. Have the strength to let it go. And if you don't, go through the process and you'll eventually get it. And those who don't get it, it's unfortunate that they continue to live a life as they choose in that regard. I believe, I believe there's always a way out. Not everybody's as strong as other people, but there's always a, a, a link there for everybody. There is, but the most important thing also not the, to slide into the victimhood, not to consider yourself a victim that I was let go, right? There's something wrong with me. A lot of the times, there's nothing wrong with you that the person decided not to be with you. And we always personalize it. And that is the wrong path, people. While yeah. there might be something really inherently wrong with you, <laughs> if you're blaming a victim all the time or having some psychological problems, uh, right, or emotional problems, there might be something wrong with you indeed, and you have to be working on it in order to better yourself, right? But um, a lot of the times that we're let go or people are not attracted to us for different reasons, their own personal reasons that have nothing to do with us. So if we... Are attracted to a person and that person is like um, you know i'm really not that into you 
You know, you have to be able to read the cues in the first place and not get to the situation when the person tells you that I'm not into you, right? Uh, because that could be pretty humiliating. It's okay, but it, it, the thing is, I think when you know yourself, it's okay when someone says, I'm not that into you. It's like, thank you for your honesty. You didn't come around here with a motive to manipulate me and to take advantage of me. Thank you for being honest. I'm happy, if, if we, rejection is the divine protection. I think we forget to remember that. Rejection is so powerful. There's something greater than ourselves that we're being rejected, but we can learn from that rejection instead of being like, oh my God, I just want, because you, in that, in that essence, you want what you want. It doesn't matter what the person wants. Oh, why they didn't like me. Rejection is so powerful. There's such a underlying learning experience from that. It doesn't feel good, but it's all in perception. Okay. Well, it wasn't meant to be. Don't beat yourself up over it. Right. And that is the time essentially for self-growth, for self-understanding and self-growth. Because mm -hmm. if we look at it as something bad that happened to us, it will be for a long period of time. But yes. take it as a learning experience, learn the lesson and move on. That's the most important thing. We have to build our character to move on with this life because uh, by learning that lesson, we will never allow that kind of a person into our life. Mm -hmm. Or we'll just accept rejection in our lives and it, and be okay with it. It's okay, be okay to be with rejected. it. Absolutely. Well, and also, uh, what's important to note that uh, the people who reject us are not necessarily bad people. No, I think anything that a rejection is an honest, it's becoming honest with yourself. Again, somebody doesn't want you, but you're trying so hard in your manipulations. You're trying to every, dressing nicer, not being yourself, not eating when you, whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to stack the cards against you, you're playing with a house of cards. When somebody doesn't want you, then don't keep showing up. It's, you're, you're actually you're actually just creating more suffering for yourself. I mean, and trying so hard to get something that doesn't belong to you. No one will ever belong to you. Even our children do not belong to us. Absolutely. We are responsible for them, but we do not own them. Well, kind of. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess we Absolutely. own them till they're 18, till they're consciously halfway, what, maybe two, two thirds of the way. Like <laughs> cortex is there, but... Uh, but every, you know, and again, just life is, it's temporary. We're here for a very brief time in the grand scheme of things. Learn to embrace the anxieties of life. Learn to get in touch with yourself so you can accept these things that make you feel so horrible. Anxiety is, a, it, it, it's, fear is a lie. False evidence appearing real. There's real anxiety and then there's irrational anxiety. You know, if somebody breaks up with you, yes, it's going to hurt. You may go through the emotions, but try to remember, like, you know, anything that's trying to take you out. Sometimes our mind wants to take us out. I better go back to this person because I'm so afraid. You know, that's false evidence appearing real. And what happens when you go back? Crawling back to your house, right? <laughs> Cry. Exactly. <laughs> the crazy. same breakup buffet. <laughs> and we can eat from that buffet and become a bees. <laughs> Meaning, metaphorically speaking, that emotionally obese, <laughs> you know, me. like eating at the 
the buffet is not healthy, right? Maybe it's just like once in a while. Uh, and even then you have to get up and leave the place when you feel full and not stuff your face with everything that is, uh, uh, is offered to you, right? And the same is here. Do not stuff your face with emotional heartbreaks. Do not stuff your face and know when to leave the buffet. Yeah. Know when to leave it. Also know what to choose at the buffet. Again, like you're saying, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to take the cart that they pick the plates up on and bring all <laughs> a plate of each to your table to figure it out. You know, when you go to the buffet, you know what you like to eat and you can try new things. It's so important to try new things. I think that after a breakup, that's why it's important to get to know yourself and start to, to try to do something, even if it's one thing, to try to do something on your own. I think a lot, I used to struggle that with that when I was younger, when I didn't have family, when I lived in the West, on the West coast for many years, I struggled with being alone. I didn't want to go to the gym alone. I didn't want to go to the, I didn't want to go do anything alone. I wanted to have a friend or somebody, but eventually it clicked that I can do something on my own. Oh. Well, well, look at all that time I wasted. You don't have to waste that time. If you can be with yourself and love who you are, you won't ever be lonely. I think that, from the Buddha. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dr. Sherry, we need to make you a motivational speaker. <laughs> we need to give a microphone and go in front of the thousands of people. We were, we're on our way. <laughs> I mean, we're speaking to hundreds of thousands now. So, I mean, that's know. right. That's right. And I hope that people are learning, learning um, something uh, to themselves. We have not had any questions today. But uh, we encourage people to ask us questions, to come up with topics, and write to us. We have had a few questions uh, uh, that people wrote to us, and we are putting the separate discussion about it. But um, perhaps we could do the open mic one day, Dr. Sherry, so people would just uh, come and be able to ask us questions. But yeah, that, that is in great. the future. That mm -hmm. is in the future. Meanwhile, we're going to feed you at the buffet of different topics. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody's out there that would like to be a guest and, or has any ideas, you're welcome to also reach out and let us know. We'd love to have you on. Yes. If you have a great story for us, your personal story, come write to us and um, you might appear on the radio if you're not too shy uh, of telling your story because a lot of us, we don't want to reveal what happened to us. Nevertheless, if anything dire happened to you and you were able to get over that and grew from that situation and built resilience and now you're much stronger than before and now you're successful in your life. Uh, yeah, even come. if you're shy, show up. You know, it's, it's, that's another way to break the barrier of being shy. Exposure therapy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exposure. Yes. So please come. We welcome everyone. Mm -hmm. Come and talk to us. Yes. About being honest. And I, I think some people shy away from that, just that topic alone of being honest. Cause sometimes uh, unconsciously we're afraid to be honest. We're happy. We don't want to face that reality. It, I don't think everybody is honest. I think more people than not may not live a life of true honesty for themselves. Not saying people are going out there lying maliciously, just decisionally, decisionally um, speaking. Is that a word? 
<laughs> decisionally. <laughs> I make up words all the time in every language that I speak. I make up words because um, some of them do not exist and they just make such a great impact on a conversation. And that is a great uh, asset, by the way, to be able to make up words, even in a foreign language. So I, um, I embrace, I love English. I don't claim that I know it perfectly, but um, I do my best. And I love all of those uh, um, set phrases, the metaphorical expressions that you have. <laughs> yes. I live my life in metaphors. I think it's so important to connect it. I think it's a great addition to the way I practice hypnosis is the, is the usage of guided metaphors instead of guided meditation. <laughs> guided metaphor. Yeah, well, a guided meditation... Yeah, meditation may not even contain metaphors, right? But it's usually Yeah, our soul, I believe, uh, uh, speaks in the language of metaphors. So this is how we dream. This is the the, the dreams that we see. They are written uh, in the language of metaphors. Yes, because I think if you talk about how you feel after a relationship or a, a loss of something, no, people don't always relate to what you feel. But if you compared your life, your situation to a roller coaster and a person's been on a roller coaster, they can say, ah, the ups, the downs, the all arounds. They can Metaphors, I think, connect us. Metaphors do connect us. Um, and I've just uh, another metaphor came into my mind that um, while we are riding the roller coaster of our emotions and our life when our life is not together, right? And we're hoping to meet a stable, positive, uh, loving person in our lives. We're not going to be able to do that because we are going to be in different stages in our lives, stages and situations. So if you're hoping mm -hmm. to find a stable person, become stable yourself. You will not yeah. be able to attract a stable, nice, loving individual into your life while your life is a mess. That person will just look at you and run away. Yeah. That Because people work toward the, that uh, goal of becoming uh, um, stable and content in their lives. Uh, devoid uh, of any emotional upheavals, roller coasters. Perhaps they were there before and they don't want to go back to that again. They don't want to eat that of that anxiety buffet, roller coaster buffet anymore. And they chose the peace. They chose peace for themselves. And while you could be an ideal person for them, just an ideal partner, you may not be at that particular time when your life is in the roller coaster. So once you figure things out in your life, you will definitely be the person that you're looking for. But get mm -hmm. all that damn roller coaster people. <laughs> Show up with your own metaphorical house. Your build your own house and go out into the world in your own shelter. Don't That's seek right. shelter. If it's not raining, don't seek shelter. I mean, you know. <laughs> yesterday it just uh, reminds me of uh, my yesterday's my yesterday's day see perfect english my yesterday's day <laughs> i um i had a crazy sensory overload 
crazy and it wasn't raining you know it wasn't raining here in san diego but i wanted to get home so i couldn't hear anybody even if i had my uh, perfect noise ca canceling earbuds i still could hear everything and it was like uh, a thunderstorm on my brain all the time when somebody would just say something on the music would be playing everything so i had to withdraw i had to get back to that safe place where i could be just by myself without anybody without the, any external um, sensory uh, bombardment of my head. So I had to do that. So once in a while, we have to withdraw. We have to be in that safe place. But when you're able to get out, get out. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get out and you can't find silence or be able to withdraw, find ways to do it alert. Breathe. Practice Breathe. breathing. Yeah, like Coco Chanel said, doesn't matter what's going on in your life after a breakup or anything else, right? Always get up, dress up, and show up. I think Put it your was lipstick Coco on. Mm -hmm. Put a lipstick on and just go. Even if it's just a lipstick on and nothing else on you. <laughs> and hopefully yeah. you're, you're in your own house when that happens. But lipstick on. Make yourself feel good. Look at yourself in the mirror and pronounce that love for you. I love you. Even if nobody else around you tells you so look in the mirror look mm -hmm. in the mirror embrace your own beauty and say i love you yes and say it several times few days in a row and you will be able to rewire your brain to more positive outcome during the breakup mm -hmm. <laughs> that uh, this topic uh, uh while could be um uh, interesting to talk on this topic going through a breakup i know that we've all been there before and we know how to relate to it yeah remember to smile one thing i was told a really long time ago is that even and i don't i don't often do it either so here i am preaching to the what did it say preaching to the choir <laughs> um, but it's a reminder that even when you're down and not feeling well you can smile because it activates the the facial expressions can uh, it can influence and regulate our emotions like smiling, even when it's forced, the muscles involved in smiling often um, signals the brain to interpret that like there's something positive or rewarding ha happening. So it can, re again, release like dopamine and endorphins just through smiling because we're using the muscles because our brains like, you know, our brain doesn't really know it's funny. We're, well, it does. That's a whole nother topic, too. But if you smile, the muscles are indicating to your brain that, you know, see, my brain's all happy. <laughs> I'm releasing dopamine right now. <laughs> exactly. You can trick your brains. Absolutely. You can trick your brains. You can even trick the illnesses, serious illnesses in your body. Because I know that some cancers were conquered by the laughter therapy. Yeah, it's called psychosomatic, I believe. That's mm -hmm. true. Because like we can that even cause ourselves pain. We can imaginary pain, really. Right? Psychosomatic. Psychosomatic, exactly. So I tried to find a quote, but there was like so many different uh, things about if you it takes more muscles to uh, frown than it does to smile. But it was very contradictory. So too many people had too many um, um, quotes there about uh, which it seemed to come out. The last resource was that it actually takes twelve muscles to smile, eleven to frown. So 
we'll, I'll get back to you on that research. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes research is just too much for us. All we have to do is smile. And who the heck cares right. how many muscles <laughs> laugh, are involved there? Yeah. You know, my mom sometimes tells me, she said, oh, don't laugh like with your face on, with all of your muscles on your face. She's like, you're going to develop wrinkles. Just... <laughs> It was so funny the way that she showed it to me. But smile, just a, <laughs> like just a little bit, not you too much. To, so you don't have wrinkles around your eyes. So you don't have wrinkles on your cheeks. It's called you a know? vanity smile. <laughs> You're so vain, right? And imagine I would be like smirking. <laughs> is, she people, laughing? is she laughing? Both <laughs> Is she laughing at us or something like that? Bodogs, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I believe in honesty and I believe in honest laughter. And that is, by the way, the elixir for life. So we have to be able to laugh and laugh things off. That's why we have that expression to laugh things off. So people do laugh problems off because don't if we take ourselves too seriously, we might as well die because the life can be so dire and so difficult. Laugh, find something funny, watch yeah. a comedy. When something, uh, when I go through difficult times in my life, I put on a comedy. Old comedies, for example, uh, not the new ones, because sometimes with new ones, I don't even laugh. Uh, although I love those, uh, um, the series of Madea. Have you seen them? Mm -hmm. even, <laughs> even, so cool. even watching little babies laugh. Even little babies laugh. Simply, as simple as maybe I'm coming from a mother's thought there. But there's so many resources at our literal fingertips in our hand to make us laugh. You know, and the it's... uncontrollable laughter. If we have so many reels, there are so many shorts that people are just mm -hmm. like laugh. They put out the uncontrollable yeah. laugh. And we've all been there when we just get the laugh, laughing bug in our mouth, right? We just, mm -hmm. just can't stop laughing. And that is important. I remember that I was teaching one class and uh, um, I was standing uh, right in front of the 30 people and one student said something in translation and that was a wrong translation and I could not. It was such a weird, funny uh, translation that implied certain things. I could not stop laughing. It took me probably 15 minutes of laughing in the classroom. Then I said, okay, I need to leave. I went to the bathroom. I laughed for another 15 minutes. Then I put myself back together. I went into the hallway and I looked at other professors through the windows, you know, call me, come calmingly teaching their classes. So I'm, I'm composed. I come back to my class. And as soon as, as soon as I get in front of the students, you're laughing again and says something, I'm dying laughing on the floor and I couldn't stop. I had to dismiss my class, but that felt so good. It that does, felt laugh, so good. does feel good. <laughs> it does. So I'm so glad we're ending the show with laughter. So Laughter, come back people. with us next week. We're going to be hanging out at the Gossip Grill where rumors Ooh. are served hot. Exactly. You don't want to miss this talk. So mark your calendar for next Friday, February 23rd. Same time, same lovely place in New Orleans at United Public Radio 107.7. In the mean meantime, you can find us, Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry at BeHonestPodcast.com or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Be Honest Talks. We enjoy sharing our journey with, the, with you in the world. As you continue going about your day or night, remember to wear a smile, laugh, and be honest. Always be honest. Goodbye, everybody. We will yeah. see you again. It was Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry with the Honest Podcast. Goodbye.